Hi there, it's Sewa, and welcome to episode 35 of the She's Off Script podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who have created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. I've been empowered since I was in the fourth grade. I really don't need <laughs> a lot of empowerment. Today's guest is Jasmine Brand, the publisher and CEO of Launch DFW. Even as someone from an entrepreneurial family, Jasmine found herself going down the corporate path until she was laid off. Today, she's a fixture in the Dallas startup ecosystem focused on the growth of entrepreneurs in Texas. If you're a woman, don't only go to women founder events. Don't just go to events that are only people that look like you. I would definitely say step out of the box. Jasmine is a super connector. So if you're a new entrepreneur wondering how you can get plugged into your local ecosystem or wondering how to network as an entrepreneur, this episode is for you. Join me as we go off script with the publisher and CEO of Launch DFW, Jasmine Brand. Jasmine Brand, welcome to She's Off Script. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. So for everyone in the audience that hasn't come across your work, could you please let the people know who you are and what you do today? Sure. My name is Jasmine Brand, and I am a serial entrepreneur. I have started several companies, but I'm also currently the CEO and publisher of Launch DFW, which is an organization that supports the future growth of startups in North Texas. So you have been in the world of entrepreneurship for over a decade now. How did you find yourself on this path or have you just always wanted to be an entrepreneur? A decade sounds so old. <laughs> <laughs> right it there with been, you. <laughs> uh, I know, it has been. You know, it was. Um, I've had my first company, though, probably when I was seven or eight. So it's that same, you know, story you hear. I've always been an entrepreneur. Both my parents are, so it's just kind of part of our the ethos of our family. But mm. I was working corporate um, for an insurance, a large insurance carrier. I was VP of marketing, was laid off and just kind of happenstance, accidentally fell into entrepreneurship. I was looking for my next gig. I started doing some work on the side as I was having a hard time finding another kind of C-suite uh, level position. At the time, I was 26. So it was really hard and insurance was... It still is traditionally a male, older male um, in the leadership role. So I was having a hard time and just started doing some consulting on the side and the consulting started to turn into full-time projects. So I feel like I talked to a lot of people who have just fallen <laughs> into entrepreneurship and you kind of take the lemons and make lemonade. And today looking at you, you've come a long way. No, for sure. And you know, it's, I still sometimes feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that's part of the journey too it's evolved over time. Myself mm -hmm. as a CEO, just growing into what that actually means is something I've had to learn and kind of get used to. And I'm still trying to learn and get used to it after all this time. Just speaking of evolution, so this year, I believe Texas jumped to the number one state for female entrepreneurs. How have you seen that change play out for yourself and for entrepreneurs around you? You know, it's so interesting. I've been very myopic when it comes to my own kind of growth because it's, it's easy to, to kind of get distracted when you start thinking about starting a company and, and looking at kind of all the things that are happening around you. Mm. Um, me as an entrepreneur, I've just stayed very focused and on, on actually trying to build revenue and scale in some, some form or shape. But from a, if I put my hat on as a publisher and CEO of an organization that supports the growth of startups, I've definitely seen an increased uh, amount of women that have decided to kind of jump into the entrepreneurial world, either by side hustle um, mm -hmm. or full time. I think the majority I see 
definitely side hustles because I think it's still it's still challenging. It's still a really scary world to come mm-hmm. in, as I say, to come over to the dark side and do this full time. But I think even the tip dipping your toe in the water is still it's still great because once you kind of come over to the space and have the freedom and there's no ceiling to your future growth, I think it, you can't kind of go back once you get started. So I've seen an increase in the amount of women starting companies. And then I've also, of course, seen an increase in the amount of women of color, uh, specifically African-American and Latino starting businesses, Latinas starting businesses as well here in Texas. I've actually seen that as I've gone to more and more startup events in the DFW area, the incredible ratio of women, women of color to everyone else. I, I was shocked, but it looks like the actual statistics are playing out in fact when we're out and about, which is good to see. You know, it really depends. Um, I think Dallas Fort Worth, our definition of startup is why you see that. Traditionally, startup has always really referred to tech and that's mm-hmm. the way it's referenced in, in other ecosystems. So in the tech space, I'm usually still the only uh, woman of color Typically, in a lot of the tech-related events, tech startup-related events, it's still majority white male. Um, so from the tech space, we still have quite a bit of growth to do. But mm-hmm. the cool thing about Dallas-Fort Worth, where I kind of live and work and play, is that um, we're kind of redefining what startup means. And that's just because of our ecosystem here. We've got amazing food, restaurant industry. We've got amazing retail, real estate. I mean, we're just a heavy business community. We've got tech, but it's not as probably as... as um, as big as it is in maybe other cities. So we've kind of put our own spin on startup. And I think that's why you see some different kind of flavor and, and um, when it comes to some of the more, the general startup events, but we still do have some work to do when it comes to tech. So Jasmine, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because I see you as the ultimate connector. You're someone that's really a big part of DF- DFW startup culture. So could Thanks. you help us break down the layout of the Dallas ecosystem for entrepreneurs and maybe share any advice you have for new entrepreneurs who are looking to get plugged into that ecosystem? Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I'm, when I came on board with Launch, which is now actually going on two years in the summer, the summer of 2019, I was really new to this space. Mm. Now I've been in the marketing creative space for the last 10 years. So that's been kind of my, my specialty and my little niche and focus, but I was really new to it. And um, when I came on board, I kind of just did a, what I call a listening tour for the first kind of six months just to kind of get a flavor. And what I, what I uncovered was that we have a lot of amazing, talented um, startups here. Um, two, I realized that we still needed quite a bit of diversity and we still needed some inclusion when it came to our startup community. And three, we didn't have enough women um, involved and that had seats at the table, if you will. So um, currently, our ecosystem is affected by geography too, which is something I always tell people. We've got so many resources, so many great startups. We have a a huge, prolific amount of family offices here that invest in startups. Um, We've got lots of resources, but geography, you know, I'm in the downtown area of Dallas. There's a lot of people that stay in the downtown area. They don't go north. And vice versa, you have a lot of people that are north of north of Dallas in the Frisco Plano area, never come down to downtown business district either. And so I think um, we still have a geography kind of situation. So one of the things I'm excited about Launch DFW is our, our mission is really to improve connectivity. When I came on board, we're here to tell the stories of founders, but I realized we had a much bigger mission and that was to improve connectivity. So if you are a startup that's in Garland, for example, or you're maybe in another region where you can't make it out to a lot of different events, or you're brand new, our goal is to hopefully plug you in 
um, online so that you kind of can you have a roadmap, if you will. Uh, but we do have a, a crazy amount of resources here. We've got a great welcoming community here, but it can get a little challenging just, just purely from geography. I think a really great starting point is Launch DFW, of course. I think we are kind of a, um, if you will, we're kind of our own entity. We're independently owned. Uh, we're not really connected to any other organizations, so we're pretty unbiased as far as giving out the information and connecting you to the resources. The DAC is also the Dallas Entrepreneur Center is also another resource. It's a nonprofit and it's a great place to go if you're looking for mentorship and programs as well. We've got a large accelerator that just moved into town about a year ago called Capital Factory. That's tech specific, uh, but they also do all kind of programming and can kind of get you plugged in that way. Um, but I think the first step is to really first start to plug in and start going to different events. Uh, the DAC publishes a weekly events calendar. We have an events calendar. The first step in getting plugged into any ecosystem, if you're brand new, is to start going to events because I think that then gives you kind of a, a kind of a temperature read on on who's involved, who are the who are the big players, and how you can kind of get 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 your your foot in the door as well. So once we're plugged in, once we're going to events, sometimes people overdo it. What's mm-hmm. a good balance between actually doing the work and hustling versus all the networking and going to events? Yeah, you know, it's funny, revenues first, uh, but and if you've got to actually make money <laughs> for your startup too, because yeah. it makes it easier for you to be creative and network. But a lot of my, my, my um, revenue and pipelines revenue have come from networking. So I always like to say a good, good rule of thumb is, you know, at least one or two events per month. If you're really great and good at time managing um, one event a week, there's so many different things going on. I think it's definitely doable. And I also Ooh, say I'm stepping out short of that one event a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's on the higher end of it. <laughs> if you're really really good at the time management, I I, I suck at that as well. Uh, but I've even tried to increase my amount of time too. But I also say stepping outside of of your kind of normal. If you're a woman, don't only go to women founder events. If you're mm-hmm. a Latina founder, don't just go to events that are only people that look like you. Um, I would definitely say step out of the box. So if you've got one or two events you're going to go to per month. Make one of those something you're familiar with. And then the second one, put yourself kind of in an uncomfortable shoes. I always say go to tech events. You're usually only, if you're a female founder, you're going to be one of few. If you're a person of color, you're usually going to be. And for me, I take that as an opportunity to really stand out and for people to kind of remember who I am. You mentioned not going to only women-centric events. I, I think I've heard you say that with all the resources we have today around women empowerment, women have gotten more empowered than they have ever been. And now it's time to take that empowerment to the next level. So what does taking empowerment to the next level look like for you? You know, we have gotten kind of passive and lazy. And I I, I talked to my sister about this. She goes, you sound so old. (laughs) Stop (laughs) saying that that it's all about the gram. She's (laughs) like, you keep blaming Instagram. But I think Instagram has made it so easy for us to build brands and to connect easily. But it's Mm -hmm. so easy for us just to do a like. And I think we have to do way more than just like someone's brand. We need to actually visit their store if they're actually offline. We need to actually connect with the entrepreneur and find out how can I help? How can I support? We need to buy we need to click on a ticket link. I mean, we actually need to do more than just like. I think that's the next level of empowerment. Is I actually almost almost don't like to use the word empowerment. I really like the word advancement because empowerment, I've been empowered since I was in the fourth grade. I really don't need <laughs> a lot of empowerment. And most of your women that start companies, either they're moms or they've been hustling or multitasking for a long time. They really are truly empowered. They just needed to be around other women that said it, but they were already pretty empowered just because they've had to survive. So I think now we're the next level of empowerment is advancement. We're actually moving the needle forward 
actually getting a seat at the table, actually helping each other build revenue and scale. I think that's that's the next level of empowerment that we need. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how you think being online so much might be making us lazy. I mean, you have a background in building brands. And mm-hmm. so in, in an age of social media hype, I think you have an interesting take on building on versus offline. Could you talk to us about building a brand offline and how that has been instrumental to the growth of people and companies you've worked with? Yeah, you know, and I think it's really not necessarily being online that's gotten us lazy. I just think it's so easy now what we think if we do a like that the like has translates into we've supported that person's company because likes do matter, right? And Mm -hmm. we can monetize likes, but we need more than that. It's hard to start a company. Don't let people's outside (laughs) appearances fool you. It's lonely, it's challenging, it's monotonous, it's every day, it's day in, day out. So I need more than just your like. I need, I need more than that. And I think for me, um, I've always tried to build a nice collab mix between online and offline activities. Um, I can be somewhat an introvert, which people never believe, but I always tell people I'm loud. <laughs> That's the difference. I'm definitely an introvert. They just think, oh, Jasmine, you can't be, you seem like an extra. It's like, no, I'm just loud. <laughs> but I'm definitely, I like to be behind a computer. It's very easy as an entrepreneur to, to kind of get in your bubble and kind of get a little afraid to keep putting yourself out there. Um, I think building a strong brand is both online and offline. I've met amazing entrepreneurs that have these killer online platforms. And when I meet them offline, I'm like, who, who, where, you know, who's this person? It's it doesn't a different, translate. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I need to connect with you 360. And so um, and, and having these, these tools, online tools, makes it very easy for us to paint a picture of ourselves and our companies that is not always you know, the most, the, the most transparent or accurate. For me, I think the, the connections that I've made and the business I've made, the success I've had has been keeping it real. And of course, you want to put your best foot forward mm. for sure. But you, you, the, the sooner you get to really kind of connecting with people, not based on an outward appearance, but based on what you're truly passionate about, is when you start to see some sort of ROI. And there's different ROI. Of course, we've got the financial ROI, which is what we all need to keep our business moving forward. But there's a social currency too that's really, really important that comes from being open, expressing yourself, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is, is really the key to innovation. And I think um, the more that we actually allow ourselves to be uncomfortable and to not hide behind whatever facade we have had, the better our brands are in the long run. And, and, and a good, strong brand is, is, is hopefully something that's sustainable and will carry you through many different companies. Hopefully, you've got several entities, not just where you are today. I 100% agree with that. And just talking about getting to that next level, I know for me, whenever I have people close to me who are a few steps ahead of me, they they push me because I've seen where they have been and where they've gone and where they are going. And that kind of gives me a little bit of a blueprint to follow. Yes. Could you talk to us about building those kinds of circles around us? Because sometimes it can be intimidating to reach out to someone who we look up to. How have you done that in the past? Yeah, you know, I've always come from a servant leadership perspective. Um, I will say, you know, in, in being in the space of, of being in a business owner for a long time and, and really trying to put myself out there to get leadership roles and have a seat at the table, you can kind of get a little hesitant to make new connections because it does feel like we're in a very transactional world sometimes. And I really love authentic connections. This is why 
the people I've met nine years ago, I, people know I'm still doing the same work I did nine years ago. I'm still obsessed with the same stuff. And it's because I've tried to be super um, authentic. But I've also come from a servant leadership perspective. I have a big picture um, perspective when it comes to making money and being successful. And that's the only way I've been able to succeed for a long time. If you are so focused on making the money each time, there's been times when I wasn't sure how I was going to pay things. But I've always stayed big picture because if you stay so focused on I've got to make it to this two weeks, I've got to pay this this month, you start to miss out on some really amazing um, kind of opportunities. So when I go out and meet people for the first time, I'm not thinking sales. I'm not thinking closing. I'm not thinking what can they do for me. I'm thinking this is like a coffee day. I, I don't have to tell them all my own stuff. We don't have to close anything. It literally is like, let me just let them talk for a little bit and see if we even have any um, chemistry or have anything that we connect with. And I think that's the best way to build authentic connections. Because that, that kind of rules out anyone that's super transactional. If you come from a servant leader perspective where I'm just here to kind of help you move forward too. Because in the end, if we meet other people that are the same way, we're going to eventually all start to move forward together. But if you meet someone who's super transactional, you being very from a servant leader, let's support each other. Those people show themselves pretty quickly. You can kind of navigate around that. So for me, as far as building connections and relationships, which I have some for the last nine or two years, it's always been about how can I help you move forward? And I know eventually you'll help me move forward as well. That seems to be very in line with the thought of community over competition. Where exactly. The community oftentimes will help you move forward further than you thinking, let me go it alone because everyone's my competitor. Exactly. I love that approach to it. So today you're the CEO of Launch DFW. You've Mm -hmm. done Beats by Her Showcase, One Million Cups Dallas, Brazen, you host events. (laughs) That is a lot. You do a lot. Uh So for us multi-passionate entrepreneurs in the making, how would you advise we go about adding new hustles and passions to our plate without burning out and sacrificing the more revenue generating activities? You know, it's still a challenge for me. I call it shiny ball syndrome because mm. I'm so excited by things and I get distracted. Um, I still have a challenge with it because I, you can get, and then also too, that the, when you start to have success, people start to offer you things and start to come your way. And you're like, oh, that sounds like a great opportunity. And it's a more about thinking about what my big, big overall picture is. What I've tried to do, and also too, my mom would tell you, this is why I'm still single too, by the way. If she was on this call, oh, this is exactly geez. why she would say <laughs> <laughs> this is why she would say because we're doing way too much. But um, what I've decided to do and learn to do over the last couple of years is to see how can I make everything be co- cohesive. So instead mm. of having six different passions that are not connected, the things that you listed are all super connected. And right now, my big, big overall mission for the next five to ten years is Texas, is improving mm. connectivity, improving inclusion. Um, here in Texas. And so everything that you that you mentioned has some part of a, the spoke of a will of moving Texas forward. So Beast by Her is it's female artists, uh, musicians here in Texas. One Million Cups is providing educational resources for startups here in Dallas-Fort Worth, but eventually we'll start to do other One Million Cups. So everything is super connected. Whereas when in the beginning, it wasn't connected. So I felt like I was spinning my wheels and I was wasting too much time um, on things that were not producing uh, revenue for me or producing some of that social currency I told you about too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also have tried to work to be much better on time management. It's still, it's going to be a lifelong challenge for me because I just am a creative and like to give myself time to explore and, and think, which is not always good for time management. But um, I always say, 
the first two hours of my day are the days where I'm going to crank out any kind of output that's tied to your financial revenue. Because then if I crank it out those first two hours of the day, and I, I at least know it's like getting your workout in. It's been done. Sure, if I have time later, I can do it. But I at least know those first two hours a day were focused on revenue producing activities. Well, now I want to hear more. So what, what <laughs> does your day look like? Yesterday, we were on a panel with uh, Courtney from Shearshare. She talked mm-hmm. about how she has a meditation practice. And oh, she's so really great. That's why I love Isn't Courtney. <laughs> vegan, large company, oh. successful startup, all of that. And so what does that secret sauce combination of a routine look like for you? You know what, Courtney, and this is why I love Courtney. She's just, to me, her energy is so much more balanced than mine. I feel like she's like a cup of tea and I'm like a cup of espresso. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope to get like Courtney. Like I just, I am obsessed with her and she's definitely one of my um, boss babe, babe crushes. Um, my day really fluctuates. You know, um, like I said, I told you I have that shiny ball syndrome. So I can get distracted very easily. And I'm learning to try to calm down and, and be a little bit more focused. But I, people always talk to me about having like a work-life balance and I've given up on that. And I don't think it's really possible. I think you teeter-totter. You know, sometimes my personal life has got more of my attention than my work life. Sometimes my work life is, is 98%. And I'm giving myself the grace to, to know that as a, as a business owner, that things aren't going to always be the same every day. But what I have tried to do, I am trying to work out more now too. And I'm putting emphasis on try. Yeah, <laughs> but, same but here. The, <laughs> but the two hours is something I have committed to really being focused on um, from a 7 to 9 a.m. Doing only specific activities that are revenue generation connected that lead me to revenue generation or production. And that could be me doing research. That could be sending out outreach. Um, that could be sending out proposals. But I know I've gotten those two hours it's, it's been done. So I feel like a sense of accomplishment for myself. And if everything goes wrong, which this is what happens, things go wrong all the time. And what you had planned um, is screwed up all the time as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I, I'll have the best plans in the world and, and then something happens and my day is, is thrown off. But that's 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. for me. At least no, I've gotten that piece kind of out. So I try to stay really focused and really tight and disciplined on that time a two-hour block and the rest of the day could, could be whatever. So not necessarily holding yourself to a very rigid routine the whole day, but at least committing to one piece over the course of the day and making it a habit seems to move the needle for you at least. Yeah. And then at the end of the week, you know, you can look at, you know, I've, I spent, you know, 10 hours this week and what did it produce? I mean, I think tracking and data is probably the other piece besides time management um, and execution for you know, starting a business and actually produce having a sustainable, successful company is is time management, but it's also tracking your output. If I'd spent ten hours this week on revenue generating activities, what actually came of it? So then you can quickly see I'm not spending enough time on it, or I'm not I'm not being productive. So I think tracking your the work you're doing to to and your results is really important because as an entrepreneur, you you look up and it's already in mid-May, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you're like, what happened? It was just January. I set all these resolutions. I was supposed to start to lose 20 pounds by now. <laughs> and now, I mean, it's, it's, it's just things happen so fast. So it allows you to have a quick check-in at the end of the week and say, well, how am I spending my time the best way? And, and maybe I'm wasting too much time checking emails or I'm taking too many coffee meetups or, or maybe the networking I'm doing is not producing what I needed to produce. Or maybe I'm so stressed out that I'm, I'm not able to be super creative right now. So um, that 
giving yourself some specific time each day and then actually tracking it within the week has really been successful for me. Do you have any tools that you could recommend that we can use to do that tracking? Girl, no, it's old school. (laughs) (laughs) No, literally. So I'll let you know if I find one. Okay, yeah. And I actually literally um, keep a spreadsheet, but I actually still like to write. I have a a really cool little journal I have and I I put down exactly who I've reached out to, Um, but I keep an old school spreadsheet. I'm sure there's a really great app for it. But sometimes when I get too, when I start getting too fancy with things, I, I won't do it. So sometimes if I keep it really basic, it keeps me kind of focused and I don't get distracted on it. I can appreciate that because it it then becomes a chore to go. Yes. Right. That's right. Yes. Spreadsheet. I mean, you know, if it's something really basic, then I'm like, okay, uh, it's in my journal, something I carry my journal everywhere with me. And if I'm at a coffee shop, I can pull it up real quick and Mm. take a quick note. So keeps it super simple. Keep it simple. That's yes. good advice. So you've dropped so many gems today. If you could give us kind of your one minute gem that every entrepreneur should follow, what would it be? You know, um, I, I talked about this word grace. It's so important to give yourself the grace to succeed, but also to fail. And and you're not in a rush. Like this is the other thing when my sister's like, stop talking about the gram, but it's, <laughs> it's the truth. It feels like everybody's so successful and in love and thin. <laughs> right and stylish and traveling the world and and having this amazing life and they are but i mean that's one that's such a small percentage of their their whole time so i think not letting um comparison rob you of the process that you're going through and give yourself some quick wins these you know say you're doing a great job but also give yourself time to build it i mean you, you've got to make mistakes and and you've got to give yourself time to, to screw up royally which you will and it's okay. The, the more you screw up, the closer you get to actually to the good stuff. So that's what I would say. It's give yourself time to screw up royally. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one before. Give yourself time to screw up royally. Like accept yes. it and do it. Yes. And be like, you know what? I messed up today. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> well, there because perfection kills everything. You can't move forward to perfect all the time. Nothing innovative. We look at our country, the history of our country and of just entrepreneurs in general. From your biggest names, they usually came out of, of, you know, great difficulties and challenges. So when I see myself messing up, and I had a big one this week, um, I, I I say thank you. <laughs> it means I'm getting closer. You know, as mm-hmm. before, I would get stressed out and be like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be successful. I should have stayed working corporate. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. I'm getting close. When nothing is messing up for me, I start to think what's going on. And it's not necessarily negative per se. It just means I need lessons in order to grow. If you're not mm-hmm. learning, you're not moving forward. A hundred percent agree. So speaking of moving forward, what's next for you? You know, it's just this Texas mission, Launch DFW right now. Our focus when our founder started it two years ago was DFW. And my mission for the next two years is Texas. So we will start to expand our reach, our programming, our events from DFW throughout the state. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm looking forward to getting more plugged in and yeah. aspiring towards that one event a week. Although, yes, sweating bullets, just thinking about it. <laughs> but I'll work my way up. I'll work my way up. Okay, um, baby so steps. Where can listeners find you and connect with you after this episode airs? Yeah, you know what? They can find me on all the social channels. 
is Jasmine Noe, brand, B-R-A-N-D. You can go to launchdfw.com. We've got a really cool um, newsletter that comes out once a month, but you can also sign up for weekly events if you're trying to get plugged in. Um, I think that's the best way to kind of start to get your, if you're toe in the water, but you can find me on all the, on all the social channels. I'd love to connect with you all. Great. We appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank today. you. I'm so glad you made it to the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please go on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. As always, don't forget to share this episode with your friends, family, colleagues, anyone who cares to listen. We'll talk to you next time.